Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's November 7th, 1492, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. What the frick was that, someone inevitably said, today in history in 1492, when the Enzyme meteorite, named after the hamlet in modern-day France, adjacent to the wheat field where it impacted, came hurtling down from the heavens, becoming Earth's first meteorite impact with a confirmed date. Yeah, and they would have said this uh, near curse word (laughs) (laughs) mindful of podcasters 500 years (laughs) (laughs) at that stage it would have been late in the morning shortly after about 11am and there was a deafening noise and this object fell at incredibly high speed it also left a trail of light behind it which must have been particularly blinding and this stone crashed into a field on the outskirts of the town Enzyme in the former Austria leaving a crater that was one meter deep and a young boy who was apparently the only witness to the fall in the field itself then went and told the inhabitants of Ensisheim where the fall was and suddenly there was this huge melee as all of the farmers and the villagers descended on the spot eager to retrieve a piece from the impact crater. Yeah contrary to your imagining of medieval villagers possibly they did understand what meteors were in a broad sense. No they they didn't. (laughs) They recognized that they were chunks of rock flying out of space yeah, well, they were assumed like visually be, evident yeah well, well not really not unless you're constantly monitoring this guy and then no one had ever seen one land before you know, so that was what was so special about this people didn't really people came across them and they were often used because they would contain iron ore so they were often used to make things but people hadn't actually seen you know the a to z of a meteor falling before they assumed that they were stars falling to earth and that's why they were often interpreted as being an unsettling sign of change on the horizon more on this but at once the people of Enzyme rushed out to the impact site they set to work prizing the black metallic triangular rock out of the ground and immediately started to chip off pieces as souvenirs you know or as good luck charms luckily the local magistrate arrived on the scene and he halted the destruction he had the meteorite brought to the local church for safekeeping and it's his quick action that really made this the first ever meteorite to be preserved I mean, they may have had some sense of what it was, um, but their names for it sort of indicate the portent with which it was perceived. They called it the Thunderstone or the Firestone. And actually, I mean, although I was saying they didn't understand what it was, I'm not sniffy about that. I'm not surprised about that. I mean, this was an era where science did not understand what a comet was or what a shooting star was. And people were very religious. You know, there's a prayer for washing your hands. There's a prayer for having a glass of wine. So if you see a a rock inflamed falling down from the heavens, (laughs) I think it's understandable that you might attribute that to divine intervention. I don't think there's anything um, laughable about that. I mean, this must have been incredibly scary and epic. And, you know, even now, I think... Yes, we have a scientific explanation as to what causes meteorites, but there's something about being a human on Earth and seeing something flying in from the solar system, which is humbling and does make you think about whether you call it God or not, 
you know, other things other than what we have around us here. So this must have been an extraordinary experience for the people that were in this tiny little hamlet. I mean, the the impact was heard over 100 miles away. Yeah, and we're recalling this as the first recorded meteorite that fell to Earth. And it's it's astonishing how quickly the written record of its existence came to light, because the first written mention of the event dates from only a few days after the fall. And it was written by Sebastian Brandt, who was a professor of literature at the University of Basel. And Brandt immediately gave the meteorite a political purpose, because as well as the rush to understand it from a scientific uh, perspective, there was this keen desire among many people, not least the sort of senior politicians in the country, to find a purpose for it that could be allegorical. And Brandt was instrumental in the creation of that messaging. And that messaging was essentially, God is angry because people have forgotten the message of Christ. That was Brandt's view. And that caught on very quickly, kind of like we were saying in our Sunday episode a couple of weeks ago, The Body in the Cellar, about how Dr. Crippen was only caught because of the wireless telegraph. It was the technology of the time, printing, that enabled this idea to be spread. Mm. You know, the the reason this became an international story and the reason Brandt's take on it, we are forgetting Christ, became the thing everyone said, was because this happened to be the first meteorite that had landed after the printing press had been invented. Yeah, the poem that Brandt composed, which was written, there was a Latin version and a German version side by side. It makes it very clear who the divine warning was intended for. It, uh, one line says, It struck fear into the French. Truly, say I, this signifies a special plague upon those people. As you can imagine, this was music to the Emperor Maximilian's ears. He was on his way to fight the French. And it made sense for him, you know, because a meteorite was typically considered a bad omen, as the ruler of the area, it was very much in Maximilian's interest to get out ahead of the story and make it very clear that the bad. <laughs> Adoman was aimed at his enemies. Uh, the reason he was passing through the area was that he was waging war on the French to take land that belonged to his late wife, Mary of Burgundy. So this broadsheet by Brandt that was posted up in Basel, Strasbourg and Reutlinger with this message at the bottom as well, directly addressing Maximilian, it says, take as truth that the stone was sent to you and urged him on in his war against the French. This was great news for him and he was near Ennisheim anyway with his army. So it made sense for him to stop by and pay tribute himself to this omen that was obviously intended so positively for him. Yeah, I mean, it must have been quite a fun thing to stop off and look at something that had fallen Mm. out of the skies in (laughs) any case. Plus, the next thing he was meant to do was go and, like, personally lead (laughs) his army into battle against the French, which may or may not have gone very well for him. So it must have been a nice little rest stop. It's a good bonding session, isn't it, for your team? Yeah, you know, (laughs) you've got to do something. (laughs) Should we go see this meteorite, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So he stopped off. He asked for the stone to be hung in the choir of the church. Partly this was to uh, sort of reinforce that divine provenance, but also it was to protect the meteorite from any further damage because people really were coming at it with their own chisels and they were taking away bits of the stone that was meant to predict his victory. Yeah, including Maximilian himself. But before he had the stone taken to the choir of the church, he had it brought to the castle where he was staying so that he could chip a piece off to keep his good luck charm. But then after that, he was like, pulling the ladder up, guys, protect this. (laughs) Well, there was another reason as well to tie the uh, meteorite to the walls of the church with iron crampons and that was lest it fly off again I mean again people Mm. didn't understand what this divine signal was being uh, perpetuated by and they they weren't sure that a a rock that comes flying down from the heavens can't go flying back up again (laughs) they were like let's hold on to it (laughs) Um, and this business of like 
how he saw it as an omen and how he interpreted it for his own military purposes is fascinating because there's some weird symbolism because the meteorite was triangular and therefore a bit like the Greek letter delta he yes. was like so that's like the sign of the holy trinity therefore my army will beat the french i mean sounds reasonable to me and you can still go and visit uh, the meteorites or what's left of it in ensisheim there are 56 kilograms of it left which is less than half of its original mass and that's because of all these souvenir hunters over the centuries including Cardinal Piccolomini, who later became Pope Pius III. He had a fragment of it as well. And there are so many fragments that it kind of comes up for auction quite regularly. Even though it's a sort of unremarkable meteorite, apart from the fact that it was the first one that was witnessed, it's, it's an ordinary chondrite. It's the most commonly found sort of alien rock on Earth. But obviously they didn't know that then. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it certainly made a huge splash at the time. As you mentioned earlier, this was a... F- or a huge dent. <laughs> This was the first meteorite of the printing press era, and soon the news about the NSI meteorite had reached all over Europe. The next year, it appeared in the Nuremberg Chronicle, which is kind of fanciful history of the known world from the ancient times to the present, as it was then, drawing more heavily on the Bible and mythology than a modern historian might do. But in that book, it got a little woodcut. There was a little woodcut illustration of the NSI meteorite on a page it shared with an account of a destructive freak lightning storm in Istanbul. So it was seen as being an event that was worthy of being in a chronicle of world history and even as late as 1503 so more than 10 years later maximilian was still invoking the meteorite as he attempted to raise money for a crusade claiming that it was also a divine sign of his victory (laughs) over the turks i love the um, latin inscription that they put around the meteorite when they hung it in the church it translates as many have spoken of this stone all said something nobody has said enough (laughs) it's like they're writing our show notes for us yeah tomorrow he's devastated and he's enraged he was very ripe to fall into the role of the murderer ditch the ads and get a sunday episode when you join club retrospectors patreon.com slash retrospectors mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.